Good morning. This is your wake-up call. The year is 2021. It is no longer safe to transmit information. Phones, computers, and satellites are all vulnerable. But there is a solution. Your storage capacity? I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. Input the data into the brain of a human courier, like Johnny Mnemonic. Hit me. How do you fit all that in your head anyway? I had to dump a chunk of long-term memory. You had to dump a chunk of what? My childhood. What are you doing? Making a long-distance phone call. I've got the goods, Ralphie. Now I just want to get them out of my head. Now, in a future... You locked on him. ...where those who control the information control the world. I've been charged with recovering the head of the mnemonic courier. Everyone wants what is stored in Johnny's head. Double cheese anchovies? Ali! You were waiting for me, Ralphie. Time is running out. I'm a dead man if I don't get this out of my head. If I can get it out. How? A cranial drill and a pair of forceps. For the future's most wanted fugitive. Radio Drone. I'm jacked in. I'm Josh Hadley. Cecil, are you there on the board? Ah, uh, crap. I'm not. I am not prepared. <sighs> you suck. All right, Jowski. Since you don't have a cyberpunk intro, are you here? I'm here. Yes, I, I am here. I am present. I kind of gimped that whole thing up. Well, Cecil really gimped it up. But we're talking to be talking cyberpunk tonight, and it, you would have gotten that much more cleverly if Cecil hadn't have gimped. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME to get six free DVDs, a free mystery gift, a gift for him, a gift for her, and free U.S. shipping, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. When I say cyberpunk, what not necessarily what movie or whatnot enters your head, but what enters your head when you hear or see the term cyberpunk? Gibson. Just, just William Gibson? Straight out? Just William Gibson straight out. He's the father of cyberpunk. Same. William Gibson. And see, I, I kind of look at, and I'm not disagreeing with you on William Gibson, because we're going to be bringing his name up multiple times tonight. When I think of cyberpunk, I think of a dirty, used-up world that's also somehow flush with new technologies with kind of a punk rock edge to it. I wouldn't necessarily say a punk rock edge. It's like high-tech, low-life. 
it's dirty, yes, and beat down. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, it's um, I it's always had uh, a feel of punk rock, at least in my head and in the the books that I've read. And the word punk is in the title. Yeah, it, well, that's true, but uh, but there's also punk and steampunk, and you don't really get a punk rock vibe from steampunk. There's been a lot of more so in the books than in movies because there hasn't been very many movies but with books there's you know mohawks and uh different colored hair and lots of chains and things that kind of bring up imagery of punk rock so i I think that that's fairly accurate the term cyberpunk actually there's a little bit of a debate where it comes from the term was first used in 1983 it turns out it had actually existed prior to that in 1980, but the but the story never saw print until years later. So it, it's kind of debated where the term cyberpunk actually comes from. But as Alex pointed out earlier, William Gibson is the person who made cyberpunk a term that we all know, at least at least initially. Cyberpunk actually existed, as I pointed out, before William Gibson. For instance, he outright says... Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is the first real cyberpunk story. I can't disagree with him on that. I would only consider it the first cyberpunk story because of Blade Runner, because the story itself has a lot of religious and mysticism stuff that didn't make it into the movie. The movie became more hard-boiled and more in tune with what cyberpunk was. To a degree, though, I would argue with you that... There are elements. It's, it's, there are elements in the book, like of the integration of technology with the with the emotion boxes and stuff like that. That's kind of cyberpunk ideals, though, isn't it? Humans and technology meshing. Yeah, it's there, but I mean, it's like cyberpunk in retrospect. The book is is definitely the first cyberpunk book, but. The a lot of the concepts and a lot of the stuff that we think of as cyberpunk was a little more of what came out in Blade Runner and came out more in William Gibson's uh, writings. William Gibson was writing Neuromancer when Blade Runner came out, and he almost stopped writing Neuromancer because he said, my book is visualized right there. Shit. Now my book's just going to be seen as a ripoff of Blade Runner. I, I love Blade Runner. I love Neuromancer. I do see some of the similarities. Now, to be fair, Gibson was writing his book before Blade Runner was made. So it's just all of a sudden it turned out the visuals in Blade Runner almost exactly matched what he was already writing. So it was sort of like, oh, crap. So I, I, I'm glad he did not abandon Neuromancer because I think Neuromancer is the sort of the origin of what we think of as cyberpunk. What would you say are the defining features of cyberpunk, either in a literary sense or in a visual sense, like from a TV show or a movie or a cartoon or something? What are the things that cyberpunk has to have to be cyberpunk to you? I would say uh, a lot of gritty, like urban aspects. You've got groups of people that are very uh, technologically savvy, a lot of overpowered corporations being able to jack in to uh, the internet or whatever, you know, uh, variation of the internet they end up calling it, jacking into cyberspace, jacking into basically sending your consciousness into the computer realm to either gather information or uh, like, uh, or in something 
the matrix where it's like you're going in there uh and and living out a different life that kind of thing those to me are a lot of elements that really do help define cyberpunk it's more of a tech-based dystopia it's a it's Cyberpunk to me is dystopian stories, but with a lot of tech, and you, you're following an anti-hero, usually some nihilistic misfit, that uses this technology to accomplish their means. We tend in cyberpunk literature and movies to follow, I don't know if we'd go anti-hero, but not the kind of person you'd think of as a hero. Neuromancer. Our main character of Case is a scumbag, drug addict, thief, criminal. Not exactly what you would normally think of for a 1980s hero, would you? He's kind of a scumbag. He is. He's a scumbag. And then he loses his talent and has to become a different kind of scumbag. The aspect in Neuromancer that he's a drug addict who still has all the cravings, but the criminals stopped his ability. They actually took out the gland that gets him high. So he can no longer get high, but he still has the desire. And the only reason he is doing the job is so he can go back to being a junkie. Not exactly lofty goals for our hero, is it? You know, he, he stays kind of a scumbag the whole time, doesn't he? And a lot of things with cyberpunk is having your protagonist who's an anti-hero or a misfit, or some, some outcast of society that's being manipulated. A lot of them are reluctant heroes. They have no choice. Somebody puts them in this situation, so they have to. They don't set out to save the day. They just kind of have to. And not to try and make a pun, they they tend to be a cipher for some kind of underclass or subculture, which is kind of a way of working that into the mainstream. Obviously, cyberpunk has had a long, long history in literature and in comic books and even in cartoons to a degree. But at the same time, it's film that we're really going to be talking about tonight. What is your go-to cyberpunk movie that if you were going to have a movie that summed cyberpunk up to you, what would it be? It would be the Japanese cut of Johnny Mnemonic, which is just about as close to a director's cut as we probably will ever get, which unfortunately a lot of people have only seen the American cut, which I still think has its merits, but the Japanese cut is the much better film it just feels right. Uh, it, it embodies a lot of the things, data carriers. Keanu just does a really good job of embodying the character. Dolph Lundgren as the insane priest. Street preacher. Street preacher. And which that's another thing that also comes into play with a lot of cyberpunk. You have a lot of religious themes and his character in the Japanese version is so much more fleshed out because they didn't want uh, to piss off fleshed the... out since he was full of body mods. I see what you did there. Uh, in the American version, they completely cut out like 90% of his like story because they didn't want to piss off the Catholics. So in the Japanese version, they didn't have to worry about that. So they told his like story and it made much more sense. Oh, well, here's what's going on with that. Yeah, it just feels right, you know, with the way that he's uh, the way that he's hacking the uh, the information. They had the frickin uh, the dolphin, which I know a lot of people hated, but I always thought that was cool. And that was right was out in of the original story. The so that dolphin wasn't was some, in the short story. Yeah, That wasn't some stupid thing Hollywood made. Yeah, that was in the story. So read a book once in a while. And uh, yeah, it's that's just my my go to movie. I like the the look of it, the feel of it. It just very much feels like a like a cyberpunk movie should. The Japanese anime Ghost in the Shell. I'll, I'll give you the first half of that one. I think the first half of Ghost in the Shell is a 
beautiful cyberpunk movie. The second half, I felt, you may disagree, I felt got bogged down in metaphysics and the whole what does it mean to be human nonsense in a boring way. I didn't think it was a boring way. I loved the metaphysics and the wondering what it was to be human because they create this whole cybernetic culture that does question the humanity of it. I liked the theme of it even in the second half. It does slow down a bit, yes, but it's no Akira. Akira is another great cyberpunk one. but Mine would have to be – well, I mean technically this would be a movie if you want to count it as that, but really the TV series Max Headroom. It's come to my attention that society is having trouble understanding the basic concept of Max Headroom. I've been asked to make it simple. I'm Bryce Lynch. I created Max. Max is the computer-generated version of Edison Carter. Edison is the top tier reporter in the business. I simply fed his brain circuits into my computer and generated Max. Imperfect, <laughs> but neat. Edison has a controller who guides him to his stories. She's called Biora, and if you ask me, there's a little bit more than news going on between them. <laughs> We all work for the largest, most powerful network in our world. Network 23, doing whatever it takes to get that extra viewer, that larger TV rating. <laughs> That's why they've got the best working for them. So give us a try. We may look different. We may think differently. But hey, <laughs> this is the future. Max Headroom, Tuesday. Wow, wow, he could become a star. Max Headroom, the William Gibson version of cyberpunk personified. It's got everything that cyberpunk requires, it's got, and it's also got the right look and specifically the right attitude. Because cyberpunk, whether it be in literature or in films, tended to be, fuck you, we're shaking up the status quo kind of attitude, and Max Hedrum had that in spades, both in the British version and the American version. So I would actually go with Max Hedrum for my pick. There's a theme I've noticed... All the cyberpunk movies, especially the ones that have come out since the 80s, to me, cyberpunk is a very 1980s – it's very 1980s stylized. This is the 1980s encapsulated. The whole idea of computers, which at you got to remember when a lot of this stuff was written, couldn't really do a whole lot. The entire idea that computers would be able to do all this stuff and we'd be able to get portable versions and we'd be able to upgrade humanity, it was sort of a – dark look at the future as seen through the lens of the 1980s, coke-fueled as they may have been. Even the 90s stuff, like The Matrix, has a very 1980s style to it. Am I wrong in seeing that cyberpunk as a genre is a very 80s phenomena? 80s and 90s, I would consider all those virtual reality boom of the 90s to be cyberpunk. All that lawnmower man stuff is cyberpunk. Well, no, I think that um, cyberpunk being a, a staple of something that feels like it should be in the 80s and 90s is because now we're getting a lot of the technology that back then seemed so far advanced. The 80s cyberpunk actually happens today. We can now literally have sex with robots. Yeah, so that's kind of the thing. A lot of the, the that mysticism is gone. Uh, it used to be... You know, okay, well, we, we can jack in and we would get on to, you know, like we would send our consciousness into the Internet where now it's just, you know, you log in the Internet and, you know, you go to Facebook and whatnot. And people have kind of started to take the Internet for granted. Google Glass. Google Glass, right. Google you Glass have... is cyberpunk technology. 
Google Glass is cyberpunk technology, but it's also something I think uh, a lot of people are not particularly happy with. More so because there was the mysticism about technology in the 80s and 90s that now is just commonplace. Another tenet of cyberpunk that's come true is there were only a few multinational corporations who were able to subvert the laws and were essentially city-states unto themselves. Totally not like 2014, right? No, it's totally like 2014. You tell me we don't have these multinational corporations now that are more powerful than actual countries. I think it's more pronounced now, too, you know, and there's a lot more dissent. Whereas back then it was like, oh, well, look at that. Now it's just like, oh, this company, you know, that runs everything. Let's 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 move into the area of movies. I've got a list of some movies here. I want to I want to throw out one weird one right away before we start going chronologically here. I I don't know if either of you guys will agree with me. I consider 1995's Hackers to be a cyberpunk movie, kind of in disguise. No, I consider it to be cyberpunk. In fact, it even feels futuristic with how badly they represent computers. They can do things in the 1995 dial-up internet that we can't do in 2014 yet. It's a cyberpunk movie, but it it isn't. It's it's kind of just an amalgamation of what they thought was cool at the time because it was like rollerblading and and just computers and technology and and weird haircuts and and really multicolored goofy outfits like angelina jolie looking like a boy angelina jolie very much looking boyish but i'm just saying i looked at a bunch of lists online and hackers was not listed on any of them and i'm just thinking to myself I really do consider Hackers to be a cyberpunk movie. It's just not one that happens to be set in the future, but it's a cyberpunk movie. Now, the first real cyberpunk movie, I think, is really Tron. I think Tron is the first cyberpunk movie just by the fact that it came out a little before Blade Runner did. I guess, yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, in this case, they're literally going into the computer. Well, one dude. Well, yeah, but David Warner's both in the real world and in the computer, so also is Bruce Boxleitner. Uh, that's a tough one because technically, yeah, they did they they do go into the matrix, so to speak. But I I don't know uh, that that's that's really a tough one because I mean in my head it, it doesn't it doesn't fit a lot of the 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 things that I. I that I see as cyberpunk, but I mean, I do see your point. That's, eh, it's a tough one. I'm kind of borderline on it. Well, and then after that, you've got Blade Runner, which we've already discussed, which I I think is a cyberpunk movie straight out. I saw this on a bunch of different lists, and at first, Videodrome didn't fit with me. And then I kind of thought about it and went, this is kind of cyberpunk, although a little bit less on the cyber, more on the punk angle. But Videodrome, I think, fits. Because it's almost literally man and machine coming together. I mean, he screws his TV at one point. Ah, uh, nah, not so much. It doesn't have the hard-boiled feel that cyberpunk does. Cyberpunk felt more like, you know, a pulp. And Videodrome is way much more cerebral than that. And there's no one really fighting the system in Videodrome. Yeah, I, I think Videodrome is, is fantastic, but I don't really think of it as, as a cyberpunk movie. Now this next one, again, I'm I'm right on the right on the line. The Running Man. 
there are aspects, the whole interactive game show thing in the dystopian future is a very cyberpunk ideal, as well as the look and style of it. I'm going to give this one the benefit of the doubt and say The Running Man is a cyberpunk movie. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, it has the um, dystopian future. Um, it has uh, information runners. There's funky technology. There is a, a disregard for human life. I, I would say it's it's on the fringes of cyberpunk, but I'll I'll say it's it's somewhat cyberpunk. I'm gonna go with Cecil that it's on the fringes. I don't think there's enough tech focus to make it cyberpunk. I mean, there's this interactive game show, but it's not interactive in the way like you would expect in cyberpunk online i mean you actually have to go get in your car to drive down to the game show you you brought it up earlier alex akira akira i think the first half of it is cyberpunk after it becomes tetsuo kind of freaking out and mutating and killing everything inside it's just kind of a destruction porn but i think the first half is definitely cyberpunk I definitely consider even the second half because it's still a tech-based monstrosity that he's become. It's the technology that made him this Kanada Tetsuo. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of uh, a lot of cyberpunk elements. I, I, I oh, that's one I'll, I'll say. Yeah, that is cyberpunk. It does like it does turn into more metaphysical stuff towards the end, like you said, where where Tetsuo and Kanada start going back and forth and and the mutations and stuff, but. Um, it uh, it definitely has that cyberpunk feel. I mean, the, with the motorcycle, with all the the tags all over it, and just that uh, dystopian future and and the way that it, it was made. It's such a. I gotta actually pick that up. I only have a, a the old blue or the old uh, DVD of it, but um, yeah, uh, I'd say that uh, that's more cyberpunk than something like The Running Man. I mean, your protagonists are even anti-heroes. They're a biker gang. They're criminals. Canada is kind of a jackass. You know, I mean, he, he's an unlikely hero in the fact that, okay, Kai is an actual, you know, she's a revolutionary trying to be a hero, but Kanada's a jerk. No, I saw, there, there's the next one, you know, okay, I'm going chronologically here. The next one on my list, I, again, like Videodrome, I Im- immediately went, that's not cyberpunk. Then I started to think about it and going, actually, Cherry 2000 is quite cyberpunk. I mean, he's literally fucking his computer on a regular basis. In Cherry 2000. It's not about the technology. It's more about the dystopia and fighting the dystopia. She's a robot, yeah, that he has sex with. But, you know, that's not the focus. Like, Hackers is about the technology and the computers. That's the focus. Cherry 2000, the focus is more like, oh, she has tits and guns. It has a lot of cyberpunk uh, themes, but I wouldn't... I, 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 It would kind of go a little more... Like the Running Man, it would go on like the fringes because, like Alex said, it isn't so much isn't so much about the technology, even though it, it kind of is. Where it's technology like, okay, well, is the is the MacGuffin that's moving the story along, though, because he's trying to get right, Cherry. He's trying back. to get yeah, he's trying to get the replacement Cherry, and but then in doing so, you know, he realizes that oh, you know, I've got uh, you know, I, I got a real you know Melanie Griffith here. Uh, you know, I don't need uh, you she know, hasn't, Cherry. She anymore. hasn't started melting from all the plastic surgery yet. Oh God, I know she was gorgeous in that movie, and yeah, she's uh, it's such a shame. I would have it. I'd say it has cyberpunk elements. I, I think there's no doubt this is a cyberpunk movie, even though it's not generally thought of as such. RoboCop. RoboCop is a straight-up cyberpunk film. 
I don't think there's any debate in this. RoboCop 2 to be much more cyberpunk than RoboCop 1. I'm not debating you on RoboCop being cyberpunk, but RoboCop 2, I feel, is much more. Your heroes in RoboCop are the cops. You don't get so much of the people of Detroit or the misfits of society that you do in other cyberpunk. You get more of that in RoboCop 2, where you have the broader issues of anti-heroes and such. But RoboCop is literally about a man trying to fight to fight back and find his humanity from being made into something inorganic. Isn't that one of the tenets of cyberpunk? Yes, but more in RoboCop 2 has he used that to his advantage. And we get to see the abuses of it when they put all them extra directives on them. Don't go to Orion meetings. You know, and you get the anti-heroes more in RoboCop 2. Like that damn kid, you, he's evil, but you kind of feel sorry for him. No, you don't. You are you were the only one who felt sorry for Hob. I, I guess I must be the only one. Cyberpunk, and then uh, definitely way more in in 2. The the themes and everything are pushed even further, and definitely more more cyberpunk in 2. How about the last official canon film, Cyborg? I don't really, despite the title, Cyborg, I don't really consider this one cyberpunk. It just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel cyberpunk to me. But then again, I've never been a big fan of, of of this movie. Just Cyborg never did anything for me. I do not consider that cyberpunk at all. In fact, I barely consider him a cyborg. Yeah, I mean, he what what makes him a cyborg? He's basically just Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's, that's more of a post-apocalyptic movie with a cyborg as opposed to a uh, cyberpunk movie. Well, and then you've got one that I I think is absolutely cyberpunk, and that's Hardware. It feels like cyberpunk. It looks like cyberpunk. It has many of the tenets of cyberpunk. It just doesn't have the whole Matrix net jacking in kind of thing. Yes, it is the cyberpunk version of Short Circuit. If Alex doesn't like it, I mean, that's that's fine. It's But I think the movie is just brilliant. I, I think that um, it, it does – it doesn't have the internet aspect of it, but it kind of – has the uh, the oppressive feel of the government because they're you know they're making the uh, the machines that are Mark 13 are, yes they're making the Mark 13s thank you i couldn't remember the name off the top of my head are basically going to exterminate the poor a ton of cyberpunk themes running through it it's just it was missing the one thing of it being the the internet but i mean you could argue that the machines were connected through some sort of wi-fi signal and you know it didn't have that jacking in kind of aspect I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters, so I'm going off vague memories. But I would say Free Jack is a cyberpunk movie. I would not. It's it's a time travel movie. But when they time travel, it's got the cyberpunk elements in the future segments. So I, I don't know. Again, I'm going off very fuzzy memories. I have not seen this movie since 1992. Yeah, but those cyberpunk elements in the future are just flashy sci-fi. I mean, it's not plot sensitive it's just oh look future stuff in the future no uh free jack is more just straight up dystopia with uh some some different elements uh some mcjagger some mcjagger who uh facendak it's got a, a little bit of the whole um well of souls thing where it's like okay well we're going to transfer your consciousness into you know this body. Uh, it was kind of a it was a cool concept, and they, I I really like Free Jack. Well, now sticking into 1992, I think we have a movie that is cyberpunk, and that is Lawnmower Man. 
I think this movie, along with Johnny Mnemonic, are probably the two films the average non-sci-fi fan, when you say cyberpunk, where their brains go, would either be Johnny Mnemonic or 1992's Lawnmower Man. I think Lawnmower Man is a alright movie. I actually like the sequel better, probably for the wrong reasons, but I don't know, Lawnmower Man is the most dated of almost all the cyberpunk movies we're gonna be, we, we've talked about. Did you ever see the director's cut? Yes, with, with all with this the whole, Cybo, with Man Cybo Man shit. Cybo Man! <laughs> Love Cybo Man! You're an idiot. <laughs> oh, shut up. He's a monkey in a helmet. Right, but it was, it was fine. I thought it, it worked. It fleshed out the story more. Cybo Man! Yeah, I'm going to agree with you that it, they're both... Lawnmower Man 1 and 2 are definitely cyberpunk, and I would say that Lawnmower Man 2 has much more cyberpunk elements as oh, you yeah. have this dystopia. Well, uh, how about 1992's Nemesis? The movie that seems to think androids are humans that have robotic parts and cyborgs are completely artificial people. I'm sorry! That still makes me want to strangle Albert Pune for doing that! I don't really consider Nemesis to be a cyberpunk movie. Just because it happens to have cyborg androids in it, it's not cyberpunk, I don't think. Yeah, Nemesis is kind of uh, cyborg in in that uh, it is a post-apocalyptic action movie that uh, has some elements but is definitely more just, you know, a post-apocalyptic action movie that has androids. And Nemesis is another one that I freaking adore. I think that is one of the, like, quintessential, just kick-ass action movies. Now, if Oliver Grunier could only learn to act. Hey, Olivier Grunier is wonderful. You shut your whore mouth. I'd believe he was, I'd believe he was an android in that movie. Oh, he's awesome in that. 1992's Fortress. No, that's just a straight up dystopia that uses technology. Fortress oh, is not a, For, Fortress is not a cyberpunk film. Why would you think it's a cyberpunk movie? It's a, it's a prison break movie in a dystopia. That's it, it. I found it on four different lists of cyberpunk films. It's no way cyberpunk. No, it isn't. That that was my point. That's not a cyberpunk movie. It just happens to be a futuristic, like Alex said, a prison break flick. Dystopian prison break movie great movie definitely not not a cyberpunk movie and then we got one that i found on every single list i looked at and i do not think this is cyberpunk at all demolition man i don't see any cyberpunk elements in this not even with the three seashells well we don't exactly know how that works so it has cyberpunk moments but that are no way part of the story like the three seashell stuff i mean the movie doesn't need it it's moments like that. It's just, oh, look, future stuff. No, no, no not at all. It's futuristic movie uh, that has uh, computer things in it, but not uh, not not a cyberpunk movie. OK, then there's obviously there's obviously Johnny Mnemonic, which is straight out cyberpunk in every way. And I think one of the few that got the visuals right feels like a cyberpunk movie should feel even the U.S. cut. It's based off of a William Gibson story. He wrote the screenplay, too. Not even yep. just based – well, actually, I don't even really consider this based off the story, Johnny Mnemonic, because it's only got about maybe 10 to 15 percent in common with it. The Johnny Mnemonic story is so completely different than the movie, I consider them woefully different entities. When I started playing the game Shadowrun on the Super Nintendo, and I'm like, this is very similar to the movie Johnny Mnemonic. Did I go read the story? And then when you read the story, you go, okay, this movie and this story only have titles in common, don't they? 
and they're by the same writer. Yeah. I didn't like Virtuosity, but yes, that's a cyberpunk film. And then Strange Days is almost as cyberpunk as Johnny Mnemonic is. And I, but I think it's a better film. I know, Cecil, I just said that, but Strange Days is better than Johnny Mnemonic. I'm sorry. That's, that's fine. Strange Days is, is an amazing movie. Have you ever jacked in? Have you ever wired tripped? You ready? Oh, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is not like TV, only better. This is life. It's a piece of somebody's life. It's about the stuff that you can't have, right? The forbidden fruit, straight from the cerebral cortex. I mean, you're there, you're doing it, you're feeling it. Are you beginning to see the possibilities here? I am your main connection to the switchboard of souls. I'm the magic man. If this guy's something to do with the wire, sooner or later it washes up on your beach. Fan mail from some flounder. dark end of the street. How do you like it now? He records it all. Everything. And gives it to you. Why me? There's more to this whole thing than you think. Give us the tape right now! Ah! You don't know how high up the food chain this thing goes. Do you know what this tape could do if it got out? I see the world opening up and swallowing us all. This is conspiracy paranoia. The issue isn't whether you're paranoid, Lenny. The issue is whether you're paranoid enough. No more games. Whatever's going on, you have to get out of here now. Get him out. This tape is a lightning bolt from God. It can change things, things that need changing before we all go off the end of the road. It'll be an all-out war, and you know it. No! Well, maybe it's time for a war. Oh, man, cheer up. World's gonna end in 10 minutes anyway. It's a cyberpunk I, flick, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's totally a cyberpunk flick. I mean, it it has so many uh, elements in there. Uh, I keep saying elements, but it's what it does. It, it has uh, you know uh, recording people's memories, going into a, a you know the internet. Um, it has the dystopian future. It has a lot of you know you have your your corrupt cops. Your, it just yeah, it's it, it totally is. It is uh, oh, what a good movie that is too. Oh, it fe- and it has that hard-boiled feel. It, it feels like a Dashiell Hammett story that takes place in 1999. Well, a future, at least. We've also got, I forgot to bring it up before, but Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man has elements of cyberpunk in it. But then we get to what I consider one of the most disappointing cyberpunk films I've ever seen. 1998's New Rose Hotel. Based on the William Gibson story starring Willem Dafoe and Aja Argento, This film was a snooze. 
if you can't, I'm going to go back to something we said last year. Alex and I argued about it. If you can't do the movie right, don't do it. This movie required a 10 to $20 million budget. They had $1 million and said, we'll make it anyway. I'm going off memory here, but I think they rarely even left their damn hotel room, and it was only to go to a fucking nightclub. If you well, can't do the story right, don't do it. It's called New Rose Hotels. Shouldn't it take place at the hotel? Quiet, you. Okay, now we'll get to arguably the most famous cyberpunk movie ever, even if some people in the mainstream wouldn't consider it such. I hate the Matrix movies, but yeah, they are cyberpunk films through and f***ing through. Yes, they are cyberpunk. Those were the ones I was going to bring up. I mean, the first half of the first Matrix movie feels like a hacker's movie until, you know, you know what's going on and the robots are taking over. You have this man, the government's watching him and he's all like into computers and hacking it. That's absolutely cyberpunk. And he becomes the same reluctant anti-hero. And it all takes place in an online world. So, yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah, totally cyberpunk. And uh, I, I think that the, the first movie, I think, is, is great. And then two and three could have been made into one movie. I literally been... fell asleep in the theater during the second one. I missed about 10 minutes. My, the friend I went with had to jab me in the ribs like, oh, no, did I miss anything? He goes, no. Oh, I slept through the, the second one. one was so boring and padded. Now, the third one is way more padded. Uh, yeah, the... yeah. I kind of liked the second one. Had yeah, I liked the second one, too. The third one, I could. Oh, God. There was nothing going the, on in that third one. Well, the third one, oh, my God. When when um, when Agent Smith is like, Mr. Anderson, listen here, Mr. Anderson. And I'm like, oh, my God, this speech would have been over a half hour ago. Or the overly long giant mech suit battle that just kept going on and on and on. It was like... Oh my god, I know you have a special effects budget. Will you f*** off already? Well, then uh, the three is all the people in Zion. I couldn't remember them at all. I didn't care about these people at all. And it's trying to tell some passionate, you know, like saving Private Ryan tale with them, but I didn't give a damn about them. Yeah, let the robots kill them. Yeah, it was like, and yeah, you know what? Dance party Zion. I can't believe I'm about to do this. George Carlin was a better architect in Scary Movie 3 than than the actual architect was because he made more sense one of the cronenberg movies on my list to see since i haven't seen exit sends is that cyberpunk eh, eh, it's it's just uh yeah kind of it, it again it has it has the some... trailer makes me look like makes it think it's like what if cronenberg made tron yeah, well see it's kind of rough because you don't want to talk about it too much because then i already know what the twist is well i'm but i mean the audience may not and now that you now that there's a twist then people look for the twist it's cool it's very it's cyberpunk ish cyberpunk light i would cyberpunk light uh it definitely it's it um it has a lot of cool ideas and it's done very well and i think it's a very good movie and it's it's a, a very underrepresented movie but um uh, i guess this will probably i'll lump with like running man where it's just fringes of cyberpunk where it has a lot of things that are found in cyberpunk but not specifically a cyberpunk movie honestly from watching the trailer it looks like 
a 90s extension of Videodrome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty on point. And um, I mean, I'm just going off of the trailer and the bits the, I've read in magazines. So the the, the feel of it, and uh, it, it, I definitely, you really do need to check it out. It's it's a it's good on my movie. dude. You know how big my to watch list is? It's in that stack. Okay. Oh, I'm I'm sure, because I, I know how bad mine is. So and well, and then we go to a movie I did. Maybe I'd like this movie now. I, in 1999, I hated the Thirteenth Floor. I think it's straight up. It is a cyberpunk movie. I just did not like it in 1999, and I have not seen it since. So maybe 15 years later, I'd analyze the film differently. Just saw uh, maybe a year ago, and uh, really liked it. It's it is uh, this is kind of what cyberpunk ends up being. But I mean, it is cyberpunk uh, mixed with film noir. Did come out right when the Matrix came out because it got completely overshadowed. I think it's a, it's a cool movie, and it's it's definitely. It's definitely very cerebral. It's more, it's a movie you think about more. Like the Matrix is is more of the cool movie where it's like this is what's going on. Where you know, whereas, action scene. Actually, yeah. Whereas uh, the Thirteenth Floor, it presents it in a way that it's like, oh wait a minute, is is this what's going on? And so there's a lot more. You I really have to do a lot more thinking. So. Eh, but you know that was a while ago. I mean, you know, there there are movies that I was bored, uh, you know, b- fifteen years ago, and I've gone back and watched. And it was, you know, sometimes it's just the mindset that you're in. Sometimes you're not in the mood to watch the movie. There are movies where I'm like, oh god, this isn't. And then I watch it again. I'm like, what the hell was wrong with me? This movie was great. So I definitely think it is slow, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth going back and checking out again. Because we're getting near the end of the show. I'm just going to gloss over a couple of these that I found on other lists. AI, to a degree. Imposter, no, that's that's a that's an alien hunting movie. Minority Report, little bit. Equilibrium, again, a little bit. Before I get on to the one that I do want to debate. Nope, nope, and nope. Uh, AI, no. Um, you know, movie with robots. M- Minority Report. Yeah, some some stuff. There are some elements in Minority Report that are, but not really. Freaking uh, Equilibrium, which is amazing. More is dystopia. It is not. Uh, is and not Imposter. It, it's oh, Imposter too. Uh, Imposters. I I liked Imposter a lot, but uh, again, uh, sci-fi alien invasion hunter movie. Not so much uh, uh, cyberpunk. Now this one, this next one, The Island from Michael Bay. I think there are elements, and it does touch on the themes of what cyberpunk means. I don't know if The Island would be a cyberpunk movie or not. It's not. The, those are clones. Those are actual humans. They don't even get onto an internet. It is just straight up, barely even, it's corporate dystopia is what it is. Not really. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that uh, cyberpunk. I would, I would say, uh, God, it's not even really... It's not even really dystopia because it's just the dystopia or it's it's actually more of a utopia as far as these people are concerned. And, and they, you know, <laughs> as long as they stay in the dark about, uh, you know, not knowing that they're being harvested for organs, they would be happy. It's, but uh, it's a dystopia for, for them. Well, it's just the actions of one company that's not reflective of the world. That's why I'm like, it's a corporate dystopia. But yeah. I see elements in there with the the near future that they go into the the, the chase. I, I don't know. I I'm, I see certain elements in there that are 
that are cyberpunkish, and then I see other elements that are not. That's why I'm kind of I don't know about the island. I don't know about uh, that one. I see sci-fi elements, but that's about it. That are just straight science fiction, not cyberpunk specific at all. I want to talk a little bit about some of the cyberpunk television. Now, most people are going to know this TV movie from MST3K, but Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, that's a cyberpunk TV movie, isn't it? Oh, totally. Although I've only ever seen the Mystery of Science Theater version. I actually saw that on PBS in the 80s, man. We watched that in school. Yeah, that's cyberpunk. It definitely is. You've got the dystopia that he's fighting from inside the, the Matrix. Oh, and they actually put his mind into these other computer-generated settings. Like, wasn't he a monkey at one point? And then, and then he's in Casablanca, and yeah, the, the, that's cyberpunk. And then there's 1993's Wild Palms, one of the most underrated miniseries of the 90s. You got Oliver Stone and Catherine Bigelow getting together with a phenomenal cast, arguably one of the greatest cyberpunk TV series this side of Max Hedrum. And because it was only a six-hour miniseries, no one remembers Wild Palms. William Shatner's Tech War. That's absolutely a cyberpunk series. Oh, yeah, I totally remember Tech War, the series. I, I watched uh, I watched the like bits and pieces, and um, I remember there was a video game, and it was, well, it was based off of uh, Shatner's book series. Shatner's in quotes. Well, he, yeah. he he paid a ghostwriter for all of them. He didn't write a damn word for those William it, Shatner's Tech War books. It, it's yeah. William Shatner's Tech War, like Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Exactly. <laughs> well, and then there's, of course, the quickly canceled Fox TV series VR5. That almost by definition is cyberpunk. And then another quickly canceled Fox series. Do either of you remember the three episodes that Fox aired of Harsh Realm? I have the DVD box set. I remember watching this when they first aired. The pilot is fantastic. The rest of the series could not live up to the pilots. That was my problem with Harsh Realm is they came way too quick. Then there, from the, also 1999, the Showtime series Total Recall 2070. It's essentially Blade Runner the series. Yeah, that's cyberpunk. In 2000, you have James Cameron's Dark Angel. Cyberpunk Elements. And... As much as I do not like Joss Whedon, Dollhouse really was kind of a cyberpunk show, I think. Dark Angel was dystopia. I wouldn't really call it cyberpunk. It was youth dystopia, basically. Doll, uh, dollhouse, cyberpunk elements, uh, Dark Angel, uh, definitely definitely dystopia. To close out the night, then let me let me ask you guys this. Why do you think cyberpunk has dropped off in recent years. Because you'll notice almost all the movies we talked about tonight were from the 80s and early 90s. There were some in the later 90s, very, very few after 2000. Same with the TV series. Why do you think cyberpunk doesn't seem to resonate with modern audiences today the way it did when we were all growing up? Do you think it is just a we've kind of caught up, maybe not with the aesthetics, but with the technology of what cyberpunk in the 80s stood for, and so now it's just commonplace, or do you think the audience itself has become jaded? 
I don't think it's being jaded. I think it was just a fad. It was just like, okay, we've seen all we can do. We can, we've done what we can with this genre. Let's move on. Let's try new different things. I don't. I wouldn't call that jaded. You you don't think us in 2014 having arguably a higher level of technology than some of the old movies we talked about have plays into that element at all? That it's almost old hat. No, because you can you can always make sci-fi using utilizing future technology. Even if we live in the future that sci-fi was imagining years ago, they still make movies that take place in the future with new technology we've not thought of yet. There's a, you can always anytime make a cyberpunk story. It's just the technology is going to be different. It, it's it's like I said earlier, where I think that um, cyberpunk just uh, it was it was a little more mysterious and, and they could kind of fudge the technology. And now uh, things are, you know, we've achieved a lot of the stuff that was wizardry back then. So now it's lost a lot of that mysticism and uh, it's, it's just not, uh, it's, it's not what we perceived as cool back then where it was, you know, guys running around with, uh, you know, with uh, rollerblades and keyboards and, you know, they, they had uh, ports in their neck where they could jack into the Internet. Well, now it would be uh, a bunch of hipsters with beards uh, walking around with uh, with an iPad and uh, they they would get in, you know, ha- they jack the net with uh, Wi-Fi. So it just it doesn't have that same level of, of coolness and mysticism that it did back in the day. So I think that's kind of why uh, it's gone away. I really. Did you just say hipsters killed cyberpunk? I think, yes, hipsters killed cyberpunk. Those goddamn assholes. If, if people want to get on Cecil Trachtenberg's web zone, where would they go? You can email this web zone at um, goodbadflix.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. Alex, if people want to jack in and find you, they would do it where? Well, from home. They would visit geekjuicemedia.com. You can find me at 1201beyond.com, being a Luddite and living in the 1980s version of cyberpunk, which you can also... Actually, my website is intentionally very 80s styled. You can also contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com with that newfangled interwebs thing. Always remember to jack out before you jack off.
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.